Hey everybody, welcome to Unfinished People episode, what are we, 22, 22, uh, thanks for your encouragement, uh, it was super fun to have our friends on last week, um, now we're back to just the two of us, I'm Chad, this is Brandon, just the two of us, that's right, sorry, we can, we can make <laughs> it if we try, um, but we're part two of a subject we broached a couple weeks ago. Some may love that we did. Others may be like, oh, no, not another. But what does it look like to follow Jesus? The fact that we are citizens of his kingdom, but we live here and there are a whole lot of other kingdoms, not just personal ones, but governments and systems and structures. And what does it look like to not be separatists, just run away like we said that? And so how do we live here um, in exile? And I think that's a theme that's kind of come out. And so... Um, I'm going to just tee it off for you. You were just chatting about Daniel. Um, what what strikes you about the way Daniel handled himself as he stepped into the first day of exile? <laughs> Dude, man, like it, even going back a step, maybe a little bit more than a step, a few years ago, mm-hmm. like back at chapter one, you know, we're like Israel, right? The promised land, we're God's people all these types of things. And then you got like Habakkuk 1.5, which coincidentally is oftentimes used as like a major rally verse for a church capital campaign. Yeah. Look and be amazed. You're going to have to see to believe, Look you know, what I'm about to do. Look at going to fall from the rafters. <laughs> this is going to be an amazing vision that the yes. Lord... And, and the, what comes next is essentially like, I'm bringing a people from the, from the East hmm. that are going to pull my people into exile. And, and, and they, have remember, like, they have weapons. They have weapons. And they're and, going to enslave you. And Habakkuk's response was like, "Well, how can that be, Lord? Surely not." You know, and <laughs> mm-hmm. and gives his things like, "I'm going to stand in my post and see the response of the Lord." And and I think a lot of times, like the fact that he was shocked, I think there's there's a um, f- forgive me if this isn't clear, but like I think there could be a, a potential like connection point to maybe how the church sees America, <laughs> you know, yeah, it's like, sure. Oh, wait, wait. So it isn't the hope of the world. You know, it's like, no. And it's like the church is never meant to be a governmental faction. You know, mm-hmm. it's always meant to be a little bit subversive yeast in dough, a mustard seed that's comes up. And, and I think there, there has to be this like place of humility and I think t- today in, in us, in people in the church, followers of Jesus, and just being like, look and be amazed how God's going to work. And it might not be through the vehicle you think, through yeah. the lens of politics, even though good can come from it, you know, but it's like, that is not the vehicle of the gospel. So hmm. the, all of a sudden this whole issue comes and like being besieged, Jerusalem falls, the house, the vessels of the house of God move over to the vessels in the temple of, you know, whatever God of Babylon at that point. And then yeah. they get taken into, you know, they're trying to do this culture assimilation, basically pulling in the noble, the royalty, the young men, indoctrinate them, eat the food, be part of the system, part of the education. And and Daniel just chose to not defile him, but to remain faithful to the Lord. And God blesses that faithfulness. But at the same time, Daniel is learning the education, learning the culture of Babylon. Yeah. And that's where it's like just making that connection to all the way to Jeremiah. It's like, man, how do we seek the welfare 
yes. of the city that we're in. And, and I think that's a better approach for the church to be thinking. It's like, well, mm-hmm. how do we bless the city, bless our nation that we've been called to instead right. of trying to go, no, 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 we need to vote to get the right person in the office in order to make it a Christian nation again, which an argument could be made, was it ever right. really that? And like, why right. are we putting all of our eggs into the basket of an election? Instead yeah. of going, no, the kingdom is way more pervasive. So how do we as followers of Jesus not defile ourselves, remain faithful, understand the culture, and yet be used by God in, you know, showing off Jesus in, in every context that we can at the same time, like being in the world but not of the world for mm-hmm. you know, to just to use the biblical verse there. It's, yeah. I think there's a lot of great angles for the for us to be chewing on. It seems to me that, and I'll just speak from personal uh, experience as I've read and heard this called out to that using certain verses um, in isolation, like just cherry picking, grabbing a verse. And so let's just say that one, seek the peace of the city. And, And so you're like, well, which city? What if it's Berlin in 1933? What does that right. mean? What does that look like to seek the peace of that city? Or what if it is, you know, Austin or Winona right now, even if it's the people that are in charge of whatever, we don't like the decisions. Like that's, I think I've used, actually I used to to really push back on that verse. Um, you know, you almost maybe do the whole, like it's Old Testament. Like that's Old Testament situation. It's not the New Testament um, where, you know, but it, it's so interesting to think how many times have I appropriated a verse um, mm. and made it my, like, for example, also like it wasn't it, um, you know, like Joseph, for example, in Egypt. And so it's like we hate the part about him being in prison. We hate the part about him being sold into slavery and all the wrong that was done. We love mm. the part about him being second in command. And right. so it's, it's, there's certain things that we can enjoy. So the fact that the King, um, like became fond of Daniel and was actually still threw him to the lions, but was really glad he was okay. And you're like, what, what's happening here? Yeah. <laughs> like, how does this apply? Yeah. I think I've both been guilty, but now I'm rethinking a lot of things about how to hold intention uh, different passages of scripture, um, you know, one for like, we will, ob- like a, the, the two verses I heard kind of juxtaposed, uh, reading a book, just starting a book called The Ballot in the Bible by Caitlin Chess. Amazing, uh, really excellent stuff. But the two verses that most people like is, you know, we must let everyone be subject to governing authorities. So what does that look like for Daniel um, mm-hmm. and those guys? And then also we must obey God rather than human beings. And those two verses, like kind of in this tug of war. And so depending on your situation, you may grab one and be like, we must obey God rather than, you know, we cannot shut down our churches because the government is telling us for, because of COVID, you know, or actually, no, we can submit to the governing authorities because they're seeking our good. Like how do those different types of verses um, and I actually, one other example that I heard about was in, and this is far enough removed that we can actually talk about this. Um, this is what she does in her book is she talks about the revolutionary war, the Patriots, those that won 
that we are a part of the nation that won um, versus the loyalist. So the patriots love the Old Testament and the loyalists love the New Testament. <laughs> That's what they used when they gave their speeches. So the loyalists said, you need to be subject to the king. This is a good thing. And the patriots said, we must obey God. You know, like we, we are pushing back and fighting back. And so it's just an interesting thing to think about how we use the Bible um, like Band-Aids here and there or just yeah. quick quick hits, quick fixes to our issues. Yeah. Well, I, I think mo- – okay. So I always think the issue comes first and foremost of what is the filter that we look through our faith. You know, you know like in just real simple language, it's like do we see ourselves as citizens of heaven first or mm-hmm. as citizens of America and then I'm a Christian? Right. right. And so it's like, what is, what is the filter that we looking it through? Because it's like, if we understand that we're citizens of heaven, then we're also going to have to embrace the fact that we're foreigners here yeah, as believers. Like this is not really our home. Is that we're Peter? Here as, does he, does he do um, that? Yeah. Yeah. First Peter. We're, yeah. Yep. So we're, we're strangers in, in a foreign land and in a governmental re- role and responsibility, we're ambassadors. Right. And so it's like, if you think about like the role of a U.S. ambassador, they're representing the United States of America in a foreign land. And mm-hmm. so that's who we are as believers, wherever God has us. So it's not like our job is to convert a nation to be Christian. It, it's to go more on the spiritual front of, re, you know, helping people become free from the captives or, um, yeah the in, enslavement of Satan and in the kingdom of darkness and those types of things. And yeah, we want to seek the good of the welfare of our city. When I, when I hear th- these tensions between those two, I always go what Peter then also says, and I can't remember if it's first or second, where he says, honor the emperor. Hmm. I'm like, whoa. It, we, and we know when he wrote that, that was when Nero was the emperor and yeah. Nero was a stand up guy. <laughs> right, just yeah. persecution, you know, burning, burning Christians. Christians alive yeah. just for lighting of his parties, um, you know, blaming the Christians for the fire in Rome. All, like, mm-hmm. and, and Peter's telling him the the church who are under persecution from Nero to honor him. Right, so how Why? do you balance that out in the midst of right? Yeah, you, you know, like that's <laughs> where you, you're just like I think there's you go back to. You know, you're you're preaching this, the Sermon of the Mount. Love your enemies. Yeah. Turn the other cheek, right? And and kindness leads to repentance, but it also like even in the midst of that suffering and that persecution, we're blessed, but it's not just flesh and blood, it's spiritual issues on there. But it also what a great what a great witness mm-hmm. to the way of Jesus than than suffering for his namesake. Yeah. You know, so if you're gonna honor the emperor, like, okay. It's not like, well, we got to obey God other than man. Okay, so was that God's word or not God's word? Right. Well, if it's God's word, then you honor the the leader. You, yeah. you honor that person. Case in point with Daniel. You know, here they are, these leaders. They're given positions of influence in the kingdom of Babylon, and the king gets de- de- you know deceived into making people worship, knowing what's going to happen then. Yeah. And and knowing that other Jews are probably, you know, bending the knee out of fear, mm-hmm. Daniel and, you know, and his buddies, they don't go off and try to, you know, convert the nation. They just yeah. remain faithful. They're praying, they're weeping, they're fasting, they're subversive 
they're yeah. yeast and dough. You know, I'm like, that is a powerful witness that spans t- the present time. It's a yes. story that is told forever, like Bonhoeffer, right? So here's there's the latest story right there. His life and how he lived and his faithfulness in the midst of all that is echoing. It's a it's a greater story than just in the moment. Yeah, you know, but. So let there me is, push. There is negatives for sure. Yeah, I want to push in. Story. I want to ask. I want to ask some questions about Bonhoeffer, but also just even the honor of the emperor. Um, so I just want to do what I did before: honor the Fuhrer. Like, let's just say that. Like, let's mm. 1930, 1933. At it. So when does it break down? Is one question. Yeah. And when does it require disobedience? Are there clear-cut lines for believers? Civil disobedience, yeah. Yeah, civil disobedience or even um, just, I don't know, like kind of Old Testament stuff where you see playing along a little bit and a little bit of like, yeah, sure, we we honor the emperor. And then in your heart, you're like, I do not. (laughs) I actually complete. So I guess there, because people are going to be asking, like at what point do you take the Bonhoeffer approach, which I, I see him doing both. I saw him leaving America because he didn't feel uh, like he could, I don't know, look himself in the mirror and say he was really serving God while his fellow brothers and sisters face persecution. So he goes there, he starts an underground seminary, he starts pursuing what we would say are real gospel-focused mission, being followers of Jesus, teaching people, you know, pastors to... Mm-hmm. Follow the Lord, but what that did mean ultimately was eventually to resist. And so you had the state church, which had swastikas on the pulpits, um, and then you had Bonhoeffer's guys who were resisting, but they seemed to be smart about it because. And then I just was this one's just still a huge thing for me. He was, you know, clearly a part of the assassination attempt against Adolf Hitler that failed, and I just guess I'm wondering, like, wow, I, how did he get there? And was that a moment of, mm-hmm, not quite sure if I nailed that. Uh, maybe I'd take a few steps back. He dies in a concentration camp for his involvement in that. Yeah. Was that, it, let's just, I'm going to just be real direct. Was that the Lord's plan for him? That part? I don't know. Yeah, yeah I don't either. It, it's really hard. <laughs> and that's what, so, because yeah. you have people right now in that are really Christian nationalist focused who yep. love Bonhoeffer. He is yep. their guy. This is why we rise up against any secular blah, 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 blah. And then you have others who love Bonhoeffer who say, yeah, he kind of went off the rails at the end. And yep. so I, it's it's gray. And, uh, yeah, it is. And, and part of me is like, and I'm not trying to like throw it off a red herring, but like the word honor of the emperor is like respect and show reverence to you. It's not a worship. Yeah. To right because that would like completely negate everything we see in Revelation chapters one through three altogether. Like even the mo- reason why John's on the island of Patmos, yeah, um, didn't want to say Caesar's Lord, but also at the same time, like for instance, the Church of Smyrna under extreme persecution, um, they're not bowing the knee and worshiping, but they're also very respectful. You don't see them running any coup. There's no real church father documents that show any kind of civil disobedience to any of the things yeah. we know they're losing their livelihoods, their economic well-being because they're not being part of the trade guilds and all the kind of things that are there. And yet Jesus commends them 
for being faithful in suffering through yeah. it. And, and so I, I don't know. I feel like, like there's, there's, I don't know, man. Like, like honestly, <laughs> like I really, like, I, I feel like if I were to even to say, give an answer, like, which is like, well, you should, you're a pastor and this, it's like, gosh, man, I, I don't know if it is as clear cut as we yeah. want it to be. You, yeah, you know, I, I'm not like, with you. I'm with you. And, and I would say whatever happened in America the last four years, none of that was cause for civil disobedience, at least in my opinion. And I know I right. might get pushed back for that. No, I'm you with know. you there. I, I don't but think it's, it was it's like, you know, it's, they weren't really forcing things down our throat, you know, even though it felt like that, but it's mm-hmm. not nothing to the point where we're, we couldn't turn the other cheek and show kindness and honor and respect in the midst of it all. Yeah. That's the part where I'm like, man, like the way Christians tend to, and I should say Christians, like a certain group of Christians tend to engage the political sphere is anything but kind. Yes. It's anything but gentle. It's anything about respect, anything about honor. And that's the part where you're like, I don't, I would not say that's the way of Jesus. Yeah. Right. And, and just like having a, an American flag or a picture with Jesus and the crucifix and a cross and American flag all wrapped together in one image is like, mm-hmm. to me, I'm like, that's idolatry. That's, that's heretical. Yeah. Jesus that that's like saying he's only for America, not yeah. the rest of the world. Yeah. If anything, or he'd have it's every flag of every country. Part, right. It's like, no, this means he's this, this image actually represents a Republic picture, not a democratic picture. You're just like, stop. No, like none right. of that. Do not make any graven images of the Lord. And so here we're going to make it with America is the tapestry. It's like, really? Mm-hmm. Come on. no, kindness, gentleness, meekness, honor, respect. And I do think the Lord, I, I do, here's, here's my answer. It's not a cop out. I believe the Holy spirit would let us know. Mm-hmm. I like, and the reason why I say that is because he also encouraged the believers that the Holy spirit will give you words to say when you need to say them and what to say when you're in front of the judges and all the kind of things being yeah. brought and like, so I'm like, I feel like the Holy spirit would navigate this for us if we're yeah. open and willing to hear it. So like, that's from like, it, it, it's a little bit more case by case rather than a, well, if this happens through a political party, well then boom, here we go. Yeah. But let me do hard. A, let me do a, a little exercise. Um, and you tell me what's wrong with it. So some people would say um, that first verse, we must obey God rather than men. And then they would say, um, there's a time for war. There's a time for peace. There's a time for war. And then they would say, um, Jesus flipped over tables. Therefore, I can fight and I can, you know, like whatever, resort to this type of activity. So what, and and obviously I'm being a little coy here and just trying to, but tell me what, as a pastor, let's just say you and I were sitting with someone like that and they kind of like, how would you, how would you like approach that to say, hey, let me give you some other thoughts to think about. Well, yeah. Why is it important for us to go beyond just a, f- a few cherry pick verses? And this is why we had to do this. Yeah. I, I think first and foremost, I'd be like, if anybody wants to try to use flipping tables over in the form of civil disobedience in government or politics, I'd be like, you are grossly misinterpreting that passage. Yeah. That is like people within the church, the people of God blocking people who are de- like looking for God and extorting them and pressing them. And the whole thing was, you den of thieves, 
this is to be a house of prayer, <laughs> right? So it's like, yeah. you know, this this is this is not even this is not apples to apples. This is not even in the same. You're talking about like a radish to a banana, like that's how mm-hmm. vastly different that is. Um, in in the so whole, misinterpretation like, is a is a key part then already yeah. of how you yeah, use big scripture, time. big time. You know, in like obeying God over men, it's like absolutely, but let's like let's break that down a little bit because you can't look at that just through that lens. It's yeah. like, what is the totality of the new Testament? Right. Should, well, and what should, they were right? being ordered, what were they being asked to do? Do not speak right. anymore in the name of Jesus. Then right. they said, we will obey God <laughs> rather right. than men. It's really So specific. it's an issue of the issue. Or yeah. the, it, the issue is more of the mission of the great yeah. commission there. Yeah. It's not a, Act of civil disobedience, and I, I think like this the issue is the issue, though. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Did you like that? The, you know, <laughs> I did. It was a little yeah. Brandon. I was but, hoping, I was but, hoping you would just like ignore that and just be like, "We're the moving issue, on." The issue is a issue, <laughs> but it is. Hey, right, free yeah. of charge, people. Free of free charge. Free of charge. You get that's free. Today. Um, but <laughs> I, I like. I don't want to go down this road too much, but I think. I think this is where like we might disagree on this. I'm not a pacifist, yeah. so yep. I, I do go, yeah, I think time for war and a time for peace, I leave that in the hands of God's yep. sovereignty to, to decide that. And, yep. and because- I am dabbling in pacifism I, because I've been reading about it and thinking about it and the Lord's messing with me. So I wouldn't say I'm straight up there, you know, um, because yeah. I am – yeah, it's it's a it's a gray thing for me right now, but one that I am yeah. leaning into because I hear the Lord saying, "Hey, I want you to think about this." It's like, okay, yeah. it oftentimes feels like the time for war is oftentimes a, almost like a last resort mm-hmm. type of feel. Yeah, you know, like even if you want to go to some of those annihilation passages, there was opportunities yeah. that yeah. were there, and you know, and so like I just see the mandate that we're given to turn the other cheek, go the extra mile. Love your enemy, pray for those who persecute you, honor your neighbor, respect the authorities. You know, God's in control of who's in control. He's the one who selects yep. leaders and is above a greater plan. It, you know, so it's like, it's a delicate balance. Mm-hmm. But I would say yeah, there is I, a time of, there's a time for civil disobedience and there's a more often than not a time for not. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, and it, it's, I, so I think also, and I'll just read a quote here from, the book I mentioned is called The Ballot and the Bible, How Scripture Has Been Used and Abused in American Politics and Where We Go From Here by Caitlin Shess. It's excellent. Uh, thank you, Caitlin, for your hard work. But here's what she says in uh, chapter three, I think, uh, about Romans 13, which is the one be subject to the governing authority. She says, Romans 13, one through seven, does not provide a clear application to all Christians in all times and places. Rather, it gives a general exhortation as to the posture Christians should have toward governing authorities. These seven verses, rather than offering a complete Christian theory of government, exhort believers to recognize their various obligations to others, including obligations that take distinctly political form. So kind of this, like, this isn't for all time. And obviously, at a certain point, Bonhoeffer said, no, (laughs) I will not be subject to Adolf Hitler and to this government. And I'm 
going to jump in there and we're going to do something about it. But I like that it's a, a posture Christians should have toward governing authorities, which then can include, okay, even if this person is my enemy, how do I still see them as an image bearer? It still may mean I protect my family and mm-hmm. you know I get to this place where I'm not going to let people hurt my family, um, but I can still, even in the same way, I can honor another human being and yep. If just yesterday I was talking about forgiveness, the difference between forgiveness and reconciliation. Forgiveness is I release, and I stole this from Tim Mackey's sermon, I release the right to bring retribution on someone else, and I give that to God's hands. But then he even said this, he goes, but you're not allowed to be around my family. <laughs> he was talking about like a specific situation. Yeah. I'm, I'm putting a boundary in place, um, and yeah. I will leave the reconciliation to new creation and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, yeah, what do you think about that quote? Does that, I think, I mean, to me, it's kind of filling out some of what you were saying too, of like, it depends on the situation. Yeah. I I think it's very wise. Mm -hmm. You know, I'll just leave it right there. Yeah. One of the things that just like, I've been thinking about too, that I I think will help navigate this is because what ends up happening, like, I don't know if you experienced this, is like the moment I start talking that we need to see our, our lives first and foremost as citizens of heaven, mm-hmm. like that is our primary residency and we are resident aliens here as ambassadors that they, they tend to just simply go, you don't care about what's happening mm-hmm. in, in our culture to which I'm like, that is not true at all because to seek the welfare of the city is to care about politics. Yeah. Right. It's, it's to care Absolutely. about, the the marginalized, the widowed, the orphan. It's it's to care about what happens with women's rights and not you know uh, abortion or ra- any of that stuff. It all matters yeah. in that yeah. area. So it's like we should care, but not at the cost of misrepresenting the kingdom of God yeah. or Jesus. Like yeah. that that's a fine line. So it's like it the the politics should never be of greater importance than the mission to go into the world and make disciples of all nations. Mm -hmm. It it just shouldn't. It's part of the witness, but it's not the witness. And so that's the part where I'm like, to go, no, we got to make America back to a Christian nation. Then it's like, no, no, you are now being irresponsible to the mission that God has given you personally. Yeah. Because you're just waiting for whatever party or term or vote or whatever comes into things. It's like, but I want to make very, very clear that does not mean we do not care about issues. We do care and we should care and we should vote 100%. Yeah. But All right, well, with a heaven you. perspective, not a party yeah. perspective, for lack of better words. Anyway. Yeah. Rambling. Okay. No, no. So I one of the things that uh, you just said that we should we should be involved and I lost my – I had something in my notes here. I think I can remember it. All right. So what's not, when what's the date for election day? Seventh? November seventh? Or eighth? I don't know. It's somewhere in there. All right. Okay, here it is. Um, so election day is here. How am I to be, act, and believe and, and what am I to believe? Note I did not ask the V question. <laughs> I didn't say how am I to vote? Um, how am I supposed to be? Like, what is my, uh, and then even my actions and what I need to be believing on that day, you know, and obviously I I agree with you. I think we should participate 
um, in whatever God has us in and, and like lend your voice through a vote and those things like that. But just what's my posture, maybe to steal Caitlin's word there. What's my posture to the system, the government? And I I don't know. I'm just, I have, uh, and I'll just, well, let me just say that. And then I have other thoughts. Go ahead. Yep. I will go to Daniel for my answer. Okay. I would say no matter what, determine to not defile yourself. Mm-hmm. In other words, like still live and act as a faithful follower of Jesus. Yeah. You know, Daniel specifically was dealing with food, but I think it was more of an issue of loyalty in his heart. Um, and I think how am I to act, believe, how am I to be in there? I think I think every believer, Christ follower, needs to get themselves to a place of peace and understanding that God is in control of yeah. who's in control. Like there is, there's a greater plan being played out, read revelation, spend time digging into it. So I think there has to be a working through for like, there was maybe a spiritual formation of learning how to appropriate your anxiety and your worry and your fear of yeah. what man and government will do and could do. It's just like, no, we know where we're at. We know our role. We know our responsibility. My hope is in Jesus in that kingdom and not this kingdom, yeah. <laughs> you know? So yeah. I think that's the posture I would have finding a place of determination of finding mm-hmm. that peace and resolve yeah, to be like, to I'm going to be faithful to God regardless. Yeah. I think some practical things that I've started to help me, um, and, and you know, these should be no brainers, but they're not for some reason, um, is to have, uh, multiple viewpoints uh, that you are considering, um, from the world, um, and from news, especially, <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, cause there's, there's going to be bias everywhere. Um, but I love your, the, the, to be at peace. I think to be at peace, even in the way you are, um, listening to others and yeah. what, what, you know, to, like, let's say you lean one way, um, and so then you have, you know, that whole confirmation bias thing about everything. Like, you're always suspicious of the other party or the other mm-hmm. position. Rather than, can I truly find somebody? Um, and I, I think a great example is usually when you're one-on-one with somebody, it's hard to, it's hard to hate somebody you're looking in the eyes. And, mm-hmm. and so if, if you can uh, know some people, there's some people in my life right now that I think we would differ uh, on a lot of things. And so instead of being, you know, my metaphor, I've shared it before is that we're all like Jack in the boxes with one crank left, you know, that's mm-hmm. how we're, we're ready just to pop at anything. And so somebody says something, we're like, that's right. You know, everything is yeah, yeah, hair trigger. So instead like, um, listen. And when somebody says a viewpoint that you think is them just maybe stump speeching for the opposing party, um, to really sit with them and to say, Hey, tell me more about that. Yeah. Like not in the quick back and forth jabs that you might do with somebody. Um, but just to truly say, I would love to know, you know, what you think about this and find that common ground around, because there's a ton of common ground. There's a ton of yeah. common ground. There are things where we can care about people 
and and really see the image bearer that is sitting across. But I also think um, I love your place of peace, which means you have to be spending considerable time with, time with Jesus. <laughs> you have yeah. to. It, you have yeah. to be bringing this before him and asking him, but that means being well-informed too. Like you can't cherry yep. pick scripture and well, I'm going to obey God than men. And so I hear this party is a little bit more about God. That guy said, God, that guy said, God, he said, we need to make this a God nation, a Christian nation again. And that's my part. That's the one that, you know, like, come on, like think deeper, think deeper, yep. truly consider, um, let's have some depth as believers my final thing I would say is this, like be willing to be Switzerland in your heart where you truly can sit. doesn't mean you don't actually vote. I'm not saying that, but where you realize, and let's just say be willing to, to be a citizen of the kingdom of God that is able to be a bridge in between the others, you know, that can, mm -hmm. like you are someone that connects people. Um, and can actually consider the other and help others who maybe are on the extreme side and like, I hate that other side. Like, well, Hey, what about this? You know, you, anyway, those are, those are some yeah. more practical thoughts that come to my mind. Yeah. I think one of the things you just said, uh, it might be an interesting exercise. This is a brand, this is a fresh thought in my head like, that we have a lot of common ground with other mm -hmm. people that we be like, Rrr. and I think one of the things is like, I think almost everybody could say at some level that one of the things that would, we would put us on common ground is our fear and anxiety, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. Regarding the election and be like, Hey, how about let's just talk about that? Why, why are we afraid? And mm -hmm. like, maybe like just realize in that conversation, like, Holy crap, you're human and I'm human. And here's what yeah. we're afraid of. Like, wh where is the, the constancy? Where's the rock? Where's the hope? Yeah. You know, and that's where it's just like, man, like it, it'd be such a great practice for us to listen to people, but also to realize like, man, I, I actually have maybe placed undue trust in a government in man right. over whatever, you know, and that's, yeah, man, to go all the way back to obeying God over man, I'll be like, I think those who say that tend to forget the fact that they're probably listening to man more than God by Mm -hmm. buying into the political narrative yeah as well yeah so i mean for sure caitlin's whole book is about how the, the bible has been used and abused over the years for every single like the one this one just blew me away um that whole thing of being subject um let me see if i can find it here but basically that the be subject to the governing authorities has been used for apartheid it has been mm -hmm. used for american slavery and it was used by the loyalists also to say, you know, nope, you got to be subject to the king. Um, this whole American thing is not, you know. And so it's like everybody and their brothers using it for whatever they want. And so, yeah, yeah you you really need to seek the Lord. Um, I think I think about Matthew. Um, if there was, if there were two political parties with, like somebody like Peter and Andrew, and they found themselves not zealots. They weren't like out there to kill people and, you know, they weren't the dagger men. I think that's what they call them, the Sikar or whatever. But yeah. they had they had zealot thoughts <laughs> about the Romans. They wanted yeah. the overthrow. And so if there was a person that represented Rome, it was Matthew. The guy mm -hmm. was shilling for them. He was, you know, taking money from – and you watch Jesus with him 
And I think that's yeah. our model. That's our model. Like you yeah. think whatever your side is, you think here's that other person. I cannot love them. I cannot talk to them. And I think Jesus would say, actually, you can go further than that. It's it's going to, mm-hmm. this is mission. This is kingdom stuff. Um, I would say more than anything, I feel very um, unschooled, unlearned, and yeah. so brand new to this. I haven't yeah. been here that we're not, neither you or I are speaking as we have years of doing this, that we are brand new to, which is crazy because we're followers of Jesus, but we're brand new to actually seeing people on an opposing side as human beings who have kids and have dreams and yeah. hopes and who cry when they lose somebody just like we do and yeah. who want the best for their families. Yeah. So I'm hopeful because I sense the Spirit's work in my heart. But then there's that whole thing of, oh, yeah, I'm a pastor. I should be mm-hmm. helping others do this too. And so I'm going to be limping along doing it, but I'm going to, I sure want to try. I'd love to see the people that are go to, go to Pleasant Valley really grow in this this year. I'm very hopeful yeah. for this year, even though I think it's going to be, I heard somebody say this is going to be a great year of sifting for the evangelical yeah. church. Yeah, I think yeah. it's true. It's true. Yep. You got yeah. any closers, any closing thoughts on this? Um, just uh, asking for grace yeah. for, from our listeners, because guaranteed there's points of views and bits and pieces that we've neglected and talked through exhaustively. Yeah. And just know it's like, we can't, we don't have the time to get through it all. And mm-hmm. part of it is, it's un- we're also processing it. But I, I do, I would say too, like I'm, I'm hopeful because I think if anything, there's been a greater hunger for mm-hmm. um, people in the church to be praying for your kingdom come, yeah. your will be done, you know, Amen. and starting to see the lines of separation between what that means and what the misplaced hope in politics has achieved. Yeah, And so that's, that's really encouraging. And I'm hopeful that the church has learned it's some of its lesson. Mm-hmm. A little bit from how it behaved, <laughs> like I'll just say that how it behaved um, in the last election run, and I, I would just say, let's yeah. look more like Jesus more than anything. Yeah. Let's go around, definitely. And I think more fire and trial uh, and testing is coming for us, and I think it's because God loves us and because He's refining us. I will say this: um, if you're a follower of Jesus and you have accepted the life, death, resurrection, ascension, and return of Jesus as your only hope. The Holy Spirit lives in you, and you have everything you need to do this well. Everything you need. It's it's all there, um, but you do need to actually engage the Spirit, engage other people. Greatest command, and the second one, too, of loving Him and loving others is possible, but it's going to take some work. But Yeah. yeah. Cool. Awesome. Well, this has been episode 22 and part two of the kingdom of God and related to the kingdoms of this world. We'll let that one sit, uh, maybe pick it back up and as we near the fall because we're, we probably will have some things to say. I'm sure there's probably going to be something going on. There'll be some news stories about that. Um, but yeah. thanks for joining us. <laughs> um, yeah, we're, we're super thankful. Uh, we'll see you next time. Yes. Yes.